0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's 434 in Edmonton. Brennan knew that Braden Shen was the player we were looking for. Uh, Chris Knobloch coaching the Kootenai Ice, upsetting the Saskatoon Blades in four straight games, en route to winning 11 out of 12 games in the playoffs uh, for Kootenai, a year in which they also upset Portland. We talked about the fact that Knobloch then went to Erie and had uh, two 10-plus Undefeated streaks, ten-plus game undefeated streaks per season. He did it twice in each of the four years that he was in, Kooten, or in uh, Erie, including uh, the two seasons that Connor McDavid was playing with the Edmonton Oilers for. So, people say, oh, yeah, well, he did with McDavid. Well, he actually had longer streaks without McDavid. He has a tendency of running streaks, and he's on one right now. The Oilers uh, on a seven-game winning streak, the second team or the first team in NHL history. Chris Knobloch the first coach. Man, oh, man, it's loud in here. Uh, first coach in NHL history to have two seven-game winning streaks in his first 25 games of being a head coach in the NHL. This is Oilers Now. Bob St- Bob Stoffer with you, and uh, we're going to tell you the uh, guests on the show received gift cards to Japanese Village of its favorite Tempaniaki Steak Restaurant to celebrate your... Special occasion, you can visit Japanese Village, try a Wagyu steak today. As we head off to the RiverCreek Resort Casino Hotline, former NHL player, general manager, and agent Brian Lawton joins us for Wow Factor Desserts. Experience a sweet escape with the game-changing coffee crunch bar, wowfactordesserts.com, where every bite is a winning goal. Hello, Brian. Happy New Year. How you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. The fans are... Rowdy and ready to go in Chicago. This is going to be a wild one, Bob, from a salary cap perspective.
0: Maybe explain that to me. We, we, we threw the numbers out there when we did the injury report for James H. Brown, but uh, they, got, they got more money out of the lineup than they do have it in the lineup tonight.
1: Yeah, they really do. They've been besieged with injuries, and it's not just that they're missing so many players, but they're missing all their players that are paid the money pretty much. Seth Jones, of course, Taylor Hall, Tyler Johnson, you can go on down the line. They've got more players making over 4 million that aren't playing than are playing, are playing and, and including not one forward, I believe, that's over Jason Dickinson at like 2.8 million dollars. It's incredible.
0: Uh, who, by the way, is a pending UFA and has made a case for himself based on how well he's played. Just before we get to the Oilers and the Hawks, uh, I want to talk about what happened yesterday with the Philadelphia Flyers and the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We we had Keith Jones on it right at the start of the year. The Oilers were in there for game four, and we talked about Cutter Gauthier, and I said to him, in my opinion, they are two best offensive players in their organization. One was uh, Gauthier, and the other one was uh, Matthew Mechkoff, who they weren't going to have for a couple years. And I say that loving Travis Konechny. Right, I love Travis Konechny, but I don't know if he's got as high a ceiling as those two guys. Give me your take on what transpired uh, that ultimately resulted in the Flyers having to trade Gauthier to the Anaheim Ducks last night, in a deal for Jamie Drysdale, and number two. How do you see
1: that all shaken down? I'm a little surprised by it, I'll be honest with you, Bob. I mean, you know, the college UFAs have a little bit different treatment or college-drafted players, I should say. They basically have four years that they're with a club that drafts them, and then after that they can become an unrestricted free agent. There's been other guys, Blake Wheeler going way back when, also picked in the top five, and, of course, Adam Fox. You know, But Adam Fox essentially went through the same thing that Cutter Goche did, but it was much quieter. Adam was a second-round pick, played four years at Harvard, drafted by Calgary originally, traded to Carolina. They couldn't sign him. Eventually, he ends up with the New York Rangers, and Carolina actually got out of that deal pretty unscathed. It's just a dynamic twist that people don't give a lot of thought to. This one is strange to me because Goche had – Another two years, yeah, where if he wanted to play, if he wanted to play in the National Hockey League, he had to go through the Philadelphia Flyers, and I don't care if a guy says he wants to play or doesn't want to play. You cannot go down that road as an organization. When you make that statement, what if Travis Connecty wakes up tomorrow and says, "I don't want to play for Philly?" Does that mean you have to get rid of him immediately? Hey, I'm just Brian, a little bit Brian, surprised Brian, Brian, by it. Brian,
0: just so you know, if Travis Konechny call tells the Flyers tomorrow he doesn't want to play for him, I hope Keith Jones calls Edmonton first. Because I love Travis <laughs> <laughs> a, a,
1: a lot of people love Travis Connecty. That's not the point, Bob. The point is that yeah. I'm not sure why they had to make this move now. Obviously, they felt great about the deal. I feel like it was out there that... Everybody knows where Anaheim's at with their D. It just is strange. That's all.
0: I guess, you know, it's interesting because the Oilers got Justin Schultz. He didn't sign with Anaheim at all. Think The one thing the Ducks have done well is draft defensemen. And, oh, by the way, who used to be with Anaheim, who's now a pro scout with the Philadelphia Flyers? Bob Murray. I saw Bob when we were in Anaheim. And uh, it is interesting that ultimately Drysdale's the guy they grab, of course. They had the high-scoring defenseman last year in all three Canadian junior leagues, including Fort Saskatchewan's old Zell Lager. They have uh, Minchikov, who's been with them all season long, and then Luno, who was supposed to run Team Canada's power play at the World Juniors and got sick got an infection, couldn't play in the, the tournament. So they've got some really good offensive players going, I like Gauthier. I like Gauthier a lot more than I like Travis. Uh, uh, Trevor Zegris. I can't stand Zegris. But you know who doesn't like Gauthier right now? Fans in Philly. Like like Philly fans, as you know Brian, they are a unique animal all to themselves. And the only guy that's ever really put Philly fans in, in their place has been Bill Burr. Hell hath no fury like Philly fans scorned. I do not imagine that it's going to be particularly warm when Cutter Gauthier shows up with the Anaheim Ducks in Philadelphia down the road.
1: No, I think it's going to be really icy cold, to be honest with you. They were talking about the old battery incident years ago when a former Philly player, not the Flyers, but a different team, uh, left town. And uh, I, I, I don't know, I just... I don't understand how it played out this way. That's all. Going over to the World Juniors to meet with a player having been a former agent and general manager is a really bad idea between you and I. You can't go over there and expect a player, any player on Team USA, Team Ken, or any other team to necessarily have these types of conversations. Connor Goche is playing in Boston. It's like a 45-minute flight. On a that's, Monday or Tuesday night, I feel crazy. like those discussions, got, the whole thing to me is crazy. I'm sure there's a lot of facts that we haven't heard yet, but uh, I'm somewhat perplexed by it. Uh, when you have a player that you're representing or you have a player that you want to play on your club, and we had this with Alex Kalorn in Tampa, You know, we wanted to sign Alex and he didn't want to come out. Um, but you know, he came to our camps. He was communicative. I always believed he would sign with camper, which he did. It wasn't an issue. I I, I guess I could have at that point said, we have to get rid of him because he's going to go back and play his senior year at Harvard. But, um, I just feel like there was a lot of time left for the flyers and this didn't necessarily need to play out this way.
0: all right, so let me ask you a different question. Do you think the thought of John Tortorella playing for him had anything to do with it at all? Or is John Tortorella just the temporary head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers?
1: As an agent, it would be very hard for me to, to counsel a player away from that if for some reason they didn't want to play with for John. The whole Jimmy Hayes thing that's out there, I think that's BS. Uh, there's nothing wrong with players asking players about places to play. That happens all the time. I don't know how you know on day one of this everybody is kind of blaming Jimmy Hayes. I think that's a bunch of BS. I really do. Uh, did he have a great experience there? No. Did he get moved on? Yes. Uh, BC connections, of course, where Goche is playing. So. It it just, that doesn't add up to me either. The whole thing doesn't add up. I'm very shocked by how this has played out. At the end of the day, I think the big winners, and I like Jamie Drysdale. I've been very high on him since the draft, and I think Jamie's going to do really well. But I think this was a pretty opportunistic move by the Anaheim Ducks.
0: All right, so uh, let's circle back. We just had Ken Holland on the show obviously the landscape and the pressure changes for a general manager when your team went which is not to say you stop working but they have won 15 out of 18 games. They're looking pretty good, Brian. They're basically, I've read through the stats. I know the listeners are probably tired of it. Brian, Lawton joining us right now for wow factor desserts. But, Brian, since November the 24th, the Oilers have the best record in the league. They have the best points percentage in the league, the best goal differential in the league, the most goals for per game in the league. They're third in goals against. They're third on the power play, and they're fourth in penalty killing. Uh, so when that happens, that that does buy the co- the GM a little bit more time, doesn't it?
1: I think everybody can definitely breathe a little bit easier in Edmonton, but you know the reality is you've got to learn when your team goes through struggles because if you have those struggles in the playoffs, then it's all for naught. Edmonton has been a top-five team since day one of this season when you analyze them. They didn't play that way, and the pendulum swung against them as hard as I've ever seen it swing against any team in a very short period of time. Now it's kind of been regression back to the mean where they always should have been, but you can't lose sight of some of the weaknesses that were exposed when they weren't playing well. The question is, is Edmonton going to make changes to address those, or is the coast clear now and they're a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? I had them in the top five, so they're always a Stanley Cup contender, but I do think there's still moves that they could and should make to improve their club for the
0: playoffs, Ryan. One of the things the teams do, like you look at, the, and and Ekholm's gotten in shape. Okay, he had a core injury to start the season. He might be the Oilers' best all around defenseman, and he's paired with Bouchard. They are killing it analytically. They're the number uh, one and two defenseman in the entire league, five on five, in terms of Corsi, Fenwick, and expected goals for on the ice. Like they're destroying it. Nurse looks like a different player. CeCe, he's 3.25. That's what you get for, that's about as good as you get for a second pairing right D. At that price point, it's you know, like if you go spend five or six million, yeah, you can get better, but he is what he is. You might be, you know, they got Broberg percolating in the minors, as you know, and Kulak's only playing 14 minutes a game as a 2.75 million dollar. But you can make an argument that they probably got enough in the organization on the defense side. You might be able to make that argument. I think they need another top six forward, and including Holloway, two more. Bottom six forwards, do you agree or concur or, or disagree with that sentiment?
1: I agree with your points, but whenever you've asked me this and I've done the show many times, I always say the same thing. You build your team out from the blue line. Yes. and for me, it's it's always a work in progress. in this league, it's so hard to find good d. I think that they absolutely could use everything that you're saying at forward, another top six maybe to create, you know, another stronger pair based off of dry cycle. I don't think they're getting full money from Leon. I'm in Michigan, by the way. I may actually see Leon tomorrow evening. We'll see <laughs> with his agent. Um, but that's oh, another help, story. Help. I'm in, uh, uh, help. Are I'm you in Michigan there Thursday? with my daughter. I will be at the game on Thursday night, which I haven't said that to you yet, but I'm looking forward to it.
0: You could buy me lunch. <laughs>
1: I am at the University of Michigan. My daughter attends college here, and I came out this week with her. What, what a front runner! You, what a
0: front runner you are! Eh? They won a national championship for the first time since '91, and you conveniently <laughs> roll in a party town, USA.
1: I have never seen it. It was so loud last night in Ann Arbor that it was actually uh, just a little bit. Uh, it wasn't Vancouver. Way back when against Boston, they kept it civil. But it was crazy in town. I'll say that.
0: Um, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing the Thursday for the game. That'll be awesome, Brian. So, uh, speaking of Leon Dreisettle, William Nylander, Leon Dreisettle, what does that mean for the Oilers?
1: I perceive that as good news for the Oilers. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, I have Leon. I have it significantly Leon ahead of Nylander. Okay. But he's having a heck of a year, and you got to give it to him. I just uh, I think there's a spread in the value there. It's a great deal for Nylander. But um, I think it's good news for them in the new cap world. I do. I think it makes it, you know, when it's all said and done for Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, he's going to make lots of money. I don't think that's an issue. The big, the big difference for Leon and all the other players that you see stay with their team is that a they like it there and they don't necessarily want to change, but b, unless you sign and trade, trade and sign, it's very difficult to match the money that these players are going to get paid over seven years versus eight. Right, and that's probably the biggest negotiating point, and that's why I say it's a. I believe that Leon Dreisaitl will at least continue to play for the next six seven. Years after his contract is off with the
0: Edmonton Oilers. Really? Well, yeah. given the given the fact that you started the agency that he's represented by now, I think that uh, there you heard it. Brian Lawton, courtesy of Wild Factor Deserts, his inkling is that uh, is a positive sign in the future negotiations. Of course, you just said, you think they're, uh, Brian, we had Ray Ferraro on. He says the orders, you know, they're, hey, they're, They're a top four team in the league, and the numbers would suggest that over the last six weeks. So that always helps too. Like they got to continue to grow. And so let me ask you this: Uh, one final question, just pertaining to the Oilers. Would you, as we're running up at 5:49 uh, here in Chicago, 4:49 at Edmonton? The owners are going to need some uh, players on entry-level deals, like a Broberg, like a Holloway, who I'm a big fan of, uh, potentially Raphael Lavois, who impressed Chris Knobloch with his game in Los Angeles last time he was up. I wouldn't necessarily say everything's available that's not batting down the hatchets and on the current team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would say, yeah, the 24's number one's available, the 25's no, no, number one's available. At this stage, I'd say, hey, maybe Borgo would be available. I do think you have to keep a couple of those guys. Am I out to lunch on that or does it depend upon who, who you know, the caliber of player I guess you're getting back to? And the term. It
1: depends on the it depends on the overall planning that you do and the players that you go out and target. It's not just finding, you know, the best players that are available. Now you have to find the right players that fit in with your cap position. Just looking at Chicago, I mean, they've got what they they may have Tampa's first rounder again this year for the Hagel trade. That yep. would be the second of two for Brandon Hagel, who's I saw Tampa play in the last seven days. Uh, he was tremendous, I'll be honest with you. But still, uh, you know, then you look next year and they've got uh, Toronto's first. Yep. So, you know, what does that mean? It means that if your team is going good, it's great. It's the way to roll. Toronto is going good right now. Tampa's in a little bit more... Coming off of three, you know, three straight finals and two wins, not last year, but the year before, uh, you, you just have to wrap your head around what you're signing up for. When I look at the Oilers, I feel like they should be the next Tampa. I feel like they should go all in. I think Tampa got a little bit over aggressive with their picks, and uh, maybe that'll start to hurt them. But they had a hell of a run. And uh, I think that Edmonton has to be thinking that way, just maybe a little bit more prudent with the picks when it's all said and done.
0: Brian, looking forward to seeing you Thursday night in Detroit Rock City.
1: Thanks, Bob. Looking forward to seeing you and uh, watching the Oilers live.
0: There you go. That is Brian Lawton for Wow Factor Desserts. It's, uh, let's see. 452 at Edmonton with close to 35 years in business. Brentridge Ford has many long-term loyal customers. If you currently own an F-150, you can get up to 16000 bucks off in this, the new year. If you want to be treated fairly at every aspect of vehicle ownership and get an award-winning service, you can reach out to our friends at Brentridge Ford. Cam Moon and myself will attest to it. 780-352-6048. You can ask Rich, Johnny, and Uncle Mill in sales. Or Kevin, Margie, and Mike in service. Remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. And Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 plus years. They have 14 Edmonton area locations, four in Calgary, one in Red Deer. Uh, where else? One in Saskatoon, one in Regina. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation, the Mediterranean chicken. When we come back on Oilers Now, we uh, will get to this day in Oilers history for New West travel. Brendan Scott will have us. It's 553 in Edmonton. Reminder that you can text us always on the Ashley Fine Floors text line and enter into our Texas week draw where winners receive three months of car washes at my favorite car wash, Great White Car Wash. It's at 104 169th Street. Stay tuned. We draw our weekly winners on Friday. Uh, On tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now, we'll get to the Oilers Now prospect report for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace. Reface. Make sure everybody drives out there safely. In fact, given the weather conditions in Edmonton, only drive if you have to. As we go to this day in Oilers history, it's presented by New West Travel. Again, we got an exclusive four-game roadie into Dallas to see the Oilers play the Stars in April. Reach out to newwesttravel.com and a special shout-out to everybody that we're going to see in Montreal on Saturday. Back in the 630 Chet Studios, here's Brandon Escott. The Oilers dumping the Mighty Ducks in Anaheim. 5-1 to one on this day in 1998. Bill Guerin and Todd Marchand each scored a goal and had an assist. And the Oilers improved to 14-22-9 and nine on the year. 14, 22, and 9. Okay, there you have it. All right, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Abe's Door Service will join us on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now, Abe's Door Service, where services are specially Visit Abe's abesdoor.ca. Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network for Montorio Homes, developing customized homes built perfectly to fit your lifestyle. Visit montorio.ca. Rob Brown will join us in for legacy heating and cooling. John Shannon as well. Those will be our three guests on the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now, which will emanate live from Detroit. Oilers and the Blackhawks coming up with the City Ford face-off show and Reed Wilkins off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.